Okay. Here we are. <laughs> back in action, back in effect. The old team is here. We are, you know, throwing our energy back into the flow because uh, the world has really just been bananas. Uh, I am Samut, known as Mama Yoga, and I have my fabulous producing partner here, Flaw 700. What's up, Flaw? Hey, how's everything? Everything is copacetic, <laughs> dude. Um, so it's great to be back. Uh, it's been quite a while. Um, lots of life challenges um, have happened, and we're rolling with the flow and keeping our energy strong and high and, um, you know, just here to uh, assist and share um, wisdom teachings from ancient, ancient um, African culture, but indigenous culture especially, um, to our community, our listening community. So uh, I want to start by giving thanks, praise, and honor to all those beneficent ancestors upon whose shoulders I stand. Thanks, praise, and honor to all the great mentors and teachers who have crossed my path and continue to mentor my life that my life may be of service, of care, of love, and of sharing in a wonderful, wide way. So now that we got that out the way, thank God, let's talk about what's happening in the world. Uh, let's go from most current uh, things that I wanted to share about to, um, does this sound does this sound okay? This is going to be yeah. some live, unedited-ish y'all going to be listening to. Um, so, um, would you date a bus driver? Let's just jump right in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Would you date a bus driver? I mean, really. On the one hand, I watched a whole interview, and Iyanla Vansant, Iyanla is her name. A lot of people say Ayanla, but her name is Iyanla. It is uh, a Yoruba name that means mother. Uh, e, the E is very important. The sound vibration is very important on that. But she's so gracious and fabulous. She don't be trying to correct nobody, you know. So Iyanla uh, was on Ebony K. Williams' show um, and uh, on the Griot. And I watched the whole thing. And Iyanla has been a mentor of mine for probably 30 plus years, uh, a virtual mentor. I don't mean to uh, uh, imply that I have, uh, she has directly mentored me. I mean that I have read her books and have followed her and went to her classes and seen her on tour. And, you know, she, her, um, style of care and well-being and you know wisdom has informed and indeed shaped my life she is my mentor right one of my mentors so you know she's a, a awesome sister <clears throat> sister uh queen mother sister sister priestess um and so she was on ebony k williams show on the griot and they were talking about uh the dynamic of women being acculturated towards masculine masculinity as opposed to women being able to stand in the true feminine flow that is um, our natal design right so that's really what they were talking about and Iyanla was also talking about that she has this rites of passage um, programming coming up to help women align more with being in their feminine flow right so to that end talking about women being in their feminine flow, 
you know, Ian, uh, uh, Ebony talked about being protected and provided for because this is what we understand, the male's job or the male's um, companionship in our life is supposed to fulfill, that we are protected, provided for, and um, is another P, I think professed or something. Mm -hmm. Steve Harvey says profess, provide, and protect. Anyway, the whole thing when Iyanla said, well, will you date a bus driver? And Ebony K. Williams was like, if he owned the bus. Well, that's true for her. You know, she's, she, people are all like up in arms about, you know, she putting down the working class and she's bougie and all of this. And some of that may be true because her double down did not help her at all. It didn't help her position. Her double down sounded, you know, cold and um, uncaring. You know, it sounded when you use terms like common, average and mediocre to describe a group of people. We don't care what the dictionary says those words mean. They are you know, they're hurtful and they sound um, offensive when you're talking about a man who is working in, you know, a so-called average job or everyday working people. When you describe them as mediocre, that is not helpful to your position of what you're trying to explain to people. All right. So would you date a bus driver? And I love Iyanla's answer. She's like, you know, sis, is, do it have to be about the occupation or is it the man, how the person treats you? Are you looking for, you know, a particular income or are you looking for kindness, love, compassion, you know, compatibility, all of these qualities that you can't really quantify with a number, right? And then she said, oh, yeah, 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 you know, I want that too. But now I'm going to play God's advocate, because ain't no devils over here. (laughs) (laughs) And say, I understand where Ebony was coming from in terms of she said she would date him if he owned the bus company. I get that. That sister is a multimillionaire. If not a multimillionaire, she's a millionaire. And she goes into specific rooms. Right. If your mate is not compatible to the level of lifestyle that you have, it's going to be problems. Let me ask a question. Yeah. Why do you ask her that then? Well, sometimes mm -hmm, just for me, sometimes in this podcast driven society, Mm -hmm. we put people in positions that they're not in. So to ask a multimillionaire or mogul yeah, somebody who. Right. Whose significant other right. better not have a nine five, right? Because you can't even compliment me on my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Let's just say I want to go to the Bahamas. Do you right. have to ask your boss right. to take off two weeks? Right. That's not what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So for them to ask her that is just if she answered in her truth, that's her truth, which she did. But unfortunately, she- the audience aren't millionaires, right? You know, the there's a lot of women out here who just want you know to be loved. They've been single for a long time and mm-hmm. they want what they want and um, well, yeah, I would hire, I mean, I would date the bus driver mm-hmm. and their energy is, and, and, and I'll let you continue, but a lot of the energy is, well, why don't you be the missing piece that he needs? Mm-hmm. You know, a guy might be thinking, cause you know, think about it. A guy gets a job at the transit or right. he, he thinks he's doing something great. Mm-hmm. Then a woman comes into his life and says, why don't you apply to own the bus? And then the guy goes, 
I never thought of that. Right. And that kind of builds a relationship um, on its own. But right. to ask this young lady that, you know, she's far past that. So right. just depends on who you're asking. Right. No, I, I your point is so well taken, um, Flaw. And the, the, uh, the to expound on that from my perspective, uh, Iyanla was asking her about a, a, a shift in focus. Mm-hmm. That's really where she was trying to go. So she used a bus driver, and I get it. Of course, Ebony K. Williams, you know, she, again, it's lifestyle mismatch. You date somebody who is, you know, a blue collar or, you know, has a everyday working job, and you are in these rooms at the White House luncheon, and, you know, you're communing with millionaires and all these top, top people. Your, your partner may feel a certain insecurity, you know, or a certain pullback on his own capacity, you know. But Iyanla really was trying to get to, are you looking for a number or a character? That's really where she was trying to get to, you know. And I agree. You should, you know, pursue relationships uh, for the most part based on, you know, the other intangibles. Is he loving? Is he kind? Does he do what he say he's going to do? That's a big one for me. You know, the minute a mug try to show up, let me just put some stuff out there now. <laughs> My previous partner, you know, um, very successful, but he don't never do what he say he gonna do. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna do this, and I'll help you with that, or I'll hey, look. I got you over here. I got you, and you know, it's it's not. It has not ever been. Of course, we're not together anymore now. But part of the you know, dissolution of the relationship was the fact that I could not count on his word to me. That's a big no-no for women, you know, because we want to open up all these manosphere groups out here talking about a woman need to be submissive and follow and do this kind of thing. But what you, what she's submitting to some foolishness, she's submitting to you sitting on the couch and, you know, not really contribute. She need to make dinner and make the cook the house, clean the house, not cook the house. Lord have mercy. <laughs> Keep the house clean and all of that. That is that is an agreement of partnership. It has nothing to do with genitalia or gender. It has to do with this is our life. How can we work our life together? And if you're earning to keep the roof and the bill, the roof and the bills and the, our lifestyle, then yes, I'm going to make sure our home and you have somewhere comfortable and loving to come to. That is an agreement of partnership. It doesn't have to do with submission. These young boys got it wrong and some of these old heads out here too. So a woman wants to open up and quote unquote submit her femininity to a masculine energy, but you got to do what the blankety blank you say you're going to do because otherwise then a, a, an energy of insecurity sets in, you know, an energy of, you know, um, you know, not being able to count on that person who is your partner sets in and you don't open up. You know, you don't open up as a woman. You don't, you know, really share the fruit of your heart with that person because they're not really showing you that you can be vulnerable in that way. 
So dating a bus driver, Yala was really trying to get to a character shift or a perspective shift in terms of how a man, we talking male, female, treat how a man treats his partner as opposed to his dollar amount or his, you know, his wage. And I think you, you Flaw, you brought up an excellent point that I haven't heard anybody talking about. Why ask this sister, <laughs> who is a millionaire, would she date a bus driver? A worker, somebody who cannot maintain her lifestyle, can't, right. can't pick her up if she happens to fall off. Right. There's a lot of things that go into, um, you know, perspective when you're asking her to date him just because he's a nice guy. Mm-hmm. That's what you, like, that's what I get out of it. Oh, yeah, he's a nice, he treats me well, but what about the other 20 things that I need? That's right. You know? Um, that's right. So that's why, it's like, I get it that it's about the character, but at the same time, if your lifestyle does not coexist with mine, it's going to be a problem there. And I might have to let you go nice young lady <laughs> you you provided for me when i came home and you did you did all the nice things but mm-hmm. there's something missing that i need that you can't provide because you got to go to work right now yeah i could be the one that goes hey why don't you have you thought about starting your own business that's right have you thought about that now that's a whole different conversation and mm-hmm. that's to me that would have been the perfect the perfect answer for me because mm-hmm. if you really like this guy who drives the bus mm-hmm. that's when you go ask the entrepreneur mm-hmm you think like a boss. Have you thought about right investing right. in your own bus company? Right now we're moving up because right. now and eventually I'm going to own this company. And guess what? Right, ta-da, ta-da, right. We're here. <laughs> but that's the conversation I think that they didn't get to, and that right. allowed everybody else to have an opinion. Mm-hmm. When instead of everybody just going, you know what? <laughs> Don't judge her off her answer. Right. That's her truth. That's right. That's her. That's and her it's truth. nothing wrong with her truth. It's nothing wrong with her truth. I, I don't. It's nothing wrong with her truth. She needs to be, you know, in terms of financially, you know, with a man who can manage the same similar or close to lifestyle that she already has in play. And the other thing is about, you know, coming to a partner and then, you know, inspiring that partner to be an owner. That's the that's the gift of relationship right there. Now, I'll be honest. Mm. A lot of the fee, a lot of the pushback have come from men mm-hmm. who don't know what they want, right? Who have set who have set the standard for a checklist when it comes to a mate. Mm. A woman has to have a million things. The second you tell a man what he needs is ah, yeah. You know? Oh, you aggressive, and you is you know you you a feminist. <laughs> and 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 so for me, a mm. long time ago, I've always said the person with the power. It's not a gender thing. Mm-hmm. The person with the power. Mm-hmm. You'll see, you'll see what type of character they are, mm-hmm. you know, once you, once they have p- the power, mm-hmm. right? If this young lady wasn't a millionaire, who knows what her thinking process would be. But now she's in control. Right. I'm in, she's in control of herself. Right. Because she's free, financially free, mm-hmm. does what she wants, and she's not going to allow anybody to just come into her life. Right. Meanwhile, on the other side, you might have a few guys or a lot of men who, because we talked about this on one of your old episodes, right? Mm-hmm. The women are kind of like taking over. Yep. They're the CEOs. They're the bosses. They have the houses. They have the mortgages. They have mm-hmm. the cars. Mm-hmm. They have everything. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, the men are trying to figure things out. Probably no fault of ours. Don't mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. the way the system's set up. But yet, we still talk about women have to be submissive to men. Right. Which 
could be the way that it goes. Right. But financially, right. Uh, you know, lifestyle-wise, mm-hmm. we're seeing a shift change. At the end of the day, all to me, the only the only thing I see men doing today is just complaining about how things are instead of just adapting to the way things are. Right, know? right, right. Yeah, no, the the um the shift has happened and especially amongst us African Americans, right? Black people born in America, um black people who have, you know, have ancestry in um enslavement in this country, you know, there's a particular mindset um, and an assault on our family structure, first and foremost, that happened um, throughout, you know, for the past 400 years. But more recently in the 70s, when they began to separate women, the, the men from the households, right? A man is a protector uh, of the household. That is the God-given DNA structure of the masculine energy. He's the protector. So if you separate the protector from, you know, that which might be more, you know, sensitive to spiritual energy, sensitive to persuasion, sensitive to, you know, all of these, um, you know, capacities out here that would shift her thinking, you separate the protector from that. Now she's fair game. And her children are fair game, right? It's like being in a forest and you have a tribe or a group, y'all together, and you get separated by yourself as a woman in the forest. You subject to all of the creatures and dangers of that environment. And that's what's happened in the United States starting more, most recently in the 60s and 70s when they started separating the fathers from the household saying, well, you can live in this project development or this new community development, but your husband cannot. Y'all remember the movie Claudine? We'll give you some um, social um, income and help you with food stamps and welfare, but you can't have no man. That right there was the ultimate setup. So now fast forward 30, 50, 40 years later, later, however much it is, and there's a whole mindset of, you know, generations of women as well as men, and we are not thinking in an organized, together, you know, if you're winning, I'm winning capacity, you know. It's just like I'm out to get me. Individualism has conquered to a degree, right? So women, you know, are getting jobs, and women are, especially African-American women, getting these good jobs. There's a lot of women CEOs that are doing really big, beautiful things, you know, and finding a partner, an African-American partner. Let's just keep it 100. We talking about black folk dating and being with and loving black folk. That is not a disrespect to people who want to date other people or whatever. That's not even what we're talking about. That's this, that's not this conversation we're talking about because Ebony K Williams, she could, she could date who she want. In fact, her fiance who she broke up with during the pandemic. I mean, she put all the shit out here on social media and then all these interviews she did. He was a white boy that wanted to be with his family, his children during the pandemic. And she wasn't having it. These are her words, not mine. She felt she, he should be with her during the pandemic and not his children. Which is the second part of this discussion. <laughs> Don't ever make people choose between you and them. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, sisters are doing it, right? But the point I think Yanla was really trying to get to is... What is it that you really want? 
no matter what your station in life? Is it a person that can be loving and kind and caring towards you? So much so that the combat compatibility of your connection, you all can create and inspire and aspire together. Or do you want somebody that's already self-made and y'all try to fit each other into each other? You know, so I think that's what she was talking about. But, you know, this this there's there's a shift that has already taken place in terms of, you know, black folks in America coming together, working together, celebrating each other, being a part of each other's lives, supporting each other, lifting each other up, you know, and dealing with whatever challenges in a cohesive, non-divisive way um, that is very rare and hard to come by. Do you see yourself needing somebody if like if if you have everything figured out? See, mm-hmm. I think I would definitely like some no matter how successful I am, mm-hmm. I would love to have somebody to show me something that I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that's how you build on something. But if we're just already made, then we'll just we'll just be best friends. Right. I to me, like just friends. Friends who mm-hmm. just have a lot in common. I don't really think that you can actually fully, fully love someone mm-hmm. unless you can uh help them grow right in a way right so for me um for those out there who are just looking for somebody who financially is stable and, and that's where it starts at and you'll work on the rest later mm-hmm. good luck yeah <laughs> good luck oh you gotta have you gotta be a ceo too what about everything else well i hope he has the rest of the qualities but mm-hmm. he's a ceo mm-hmm. and that's all i care about yeah good luck with that yeah good luck with that for sure i mean there's a pool but it is especially if you're talking about black folks black men it's a narrow pool you know and you know you can say what you want about kevin samuels i'm not sitting up here cheering on kevin samuels because i think his delivery was salacious and harsh and brutal and not necessarily it didn't need to be that way but that's how he found his fame you know by kicking black women in the teeth well you know let's talk we could talk about that a little bit because mm-hmm. kevin samuels had a career before he became blunt and nobody yeah. paid him any mind yeah it wasn't until he turned up to where people thought he was his new guy on the scene no he's been doing this and he was his first for me when i learned about kevin samuel his first mission was just to talk about men period right and not in a crazy way, but just men mm-hmm. didn't work. Mm-hmm. Once again, when you bring women into it, especially black women, black women, Us. when you bring black women into it, mm-hmm. it sets the world on fire. That's and it right. brings the attention to you. So I don't know. Maybe his attention was good, which they were. Mm-hmm. Um, his delivery was crazy, but mm-hmm. nobody paid attention to him when right. he wasn't crazy. When he was smooth, right? But it brought the views and it brings the money it brings the fame in so right well i said when i heard of his past and kevin samuels you know that um i would have liked to see his evolution because from what i understand his intention was to garner the attention and then make the shift towards look you got to have a solid family family is everything that's what i understand once you get the audience right. that's right his and he was to pull in you know the in the uh, excuse me the attention and then once he got the attention he was going to shift the conversation towards look what i'm really saying is family is everything you need a partner in your life you out here doing everything all your own you stressing you know no you need a family but here's the thing what you lead with is the beast you feed. So 
They wouldn't have cared about that positive. No, <laughs> hell no. Because what you lead with is the beast that you are feeding. It's the animal that you're feeding. And the more you feed it, the bigger it grows until before you know it, you got like this. It's just out of control. On its own. What was that? Oh, that's the ice machine in the background. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what the heck? Dominoes falling. Hmm. So you, what you lead with is so very important because once that puppy take off, it's now it's a full grown monster and you can't get it back in the box. And everything that goes with that type of energy is going to come to you. Mm-hmm. You know, another situation that's very recent I love the earn your leisure men. I just love them. You know, Troy and Rashad and their whole, you know, network of brothers and sisters that they have on under them. You know, I'm cheering them on. They are amazing. Earn your leisure. They have market Mondays. They're doing invest fests all over. Invest fest is in August. And the, what the brothers talk about, those young men talk about is financial literacy, but it's more than financial literacy. It's, it's understanding money. It's understanding business is understanding you know and it's also highlighting all of these African Americans black folks from America primarily who are really doing quite well financially and really being innovative when it comes to starting business they are highlighting black entrepreneurs so to earn your leisure young men are amazing and they are doing it from a position of um, strength of of uh, ingenuity of wisdom of um, not necessarily you know of kindness you know they are they are doing it in a good brother way mm-hmm. here's the point I want to tie in with the beast you feed invest fest is coming up in August they go on Joe Joe Budden's podcast. Shout out to Earn Your Leisure. They go on Joe, Joe Budden's podcast. The beast he feeds is animosity, is anguish, is scandal, is gossip, is, you know, hurling fireballs, you know, is shots fired. That's the beast Joe Budden feeds. Whether he wants to or not, that seems to be his flow. Earn Your Leisure, Troy and Rashad are on Joe Budden, and he's talking to them about where's the scandal? And, you know, y'all ain't this good, sweet brothers. What y'all be doing when people ain't looking? You know, it's just was, it was just like nasty. The energy, you know, and he was, you know, b- trying to bait these young men into, you know, the dark side, if you will. That was kind of the energy. And, and Rashad, you know, they're very thoughtful young men. Troy was cracking up because he like, you know, where all this, you know, acid coming from? Yeah. You know, all this, where, why, what's with this, this? And then Rashad said, this is not hospitable. <laughs> <laughs> all this, you know, and then the, you know, the peanut gallery around Joe Budden is saying, y'all, N-words ain't shit. And, you know, just really being very like, what? You know, and then Joe said, well, I can't wait for the scandal because y'all ain't this good. And Troy, I mean, Rashad said, it, it doesn't matter. No, uh, I, I, I'm, Joe said, ain't it somebody out there that hates y'all? 
Like, you know, there ain't somebody out there that hate y'all and that y'all have done wrong and, you know, where them niggas at? You know? Mm-hmm. This is, I'm quoting Joe Budden while I'm using this language. And, and Rashad said, then none of that matters. When you are the sun, you outshine, you shed light on all the good. So you don't have to worry about that. I'm not, we're not, we're not focusing on people that may feel that we didn't do what they wanted us to do or whatever. And Joe kept trying to bring them back to that, you see? So the beast that he is feeding, getting views, is, you know, salacious. And these young men, the beast they have been feeding is positivity, entrepreneurship, successful financial connections and relationships. And they stood strong in that on the aus- on, uh, within the onslaught mm-hmm. of the Joe Budden interview. And I was never so proud of two black men in my life. So the beast you feed, how you start, whatever it is you're trying to offer on a larger scale is just going to continue to grow. It's very hard to switch out once you get the so-called fame and attention or get people paying attention to you. It's very, very hard. Well, if you think about it, and you put it in better words than I did, but on social media, you ever look at the guys who are um, in front of the camera a lot and you mm-hmm. go, you're weird now. Mm-hmm. You're dressing weird, you're talking weird. It's because they're now controlled, like you say. Mm-hmm. In order for that money to keep coming in, mm-hmm. you have to now continue with that passage. Mm-hmm. The guys, the black men who mm-hmm. aren't on camera, but who have made a ton of money and built wealth without needing the camera, mm-hmm. those guys are somewhere in suits, yep. smiling, mm-hmm. with a family, with a black family. They, they don't have to be out of character. Mm-hmm. I'm on social media, and, I, and if I see you wearing something, like, why do you have that on? Right. Because they paid you. Right. Because you need the money. Right. Would you wear that if, no, if, if they didn't pay you? Mm. We don't We don't dress like that. We mm. are from the same place. We're from, mm. the, we're from the ghetto. Right. We're from the hood. Right. Right? Jeans, T-shirts, hoodies, Tim's, boots, sneakers, <laughs> girls, dresses. <laughs> like, our, right. like, our youth... Mm. It's who we are even as adults. Mm-hmm. We just, you know, mm-hmm. the people we like, the people we love, things, we, everything we do now, our youth help mold us into, you know, who we are now and mm-hmm. who we will always be. Mm-hmm. So when you see somebody doing mm-hmm. something that they've never done before, you're putting yourself in position to just take a check. Mm-hmm. Your conversation becomes, well, I need to keep my audience. Right. I need to stay number one. That's why, like, even with the podcast and even everything that, you know, I'm going to do and you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, mm-hmm. the things that's going to make me wealthy are things that I can do on my own. Right. I'm not going to need to, I got to put on a show mm-hmm. in order to keep my checks coming. Right. But you see what you're saying when it comes to the media men. Right. They just have to keep saying and talking and doing things that they don't even believe in. They just right. have to. Joe Button could have been proud of them. Yep. But he didn't have faith mm. in his journalism material because anybody can do a podcast. Right. He didn't have faith in mm-hmm. his skills to just say, hey, you're actually doing something positive. Mm-hmm. If my audience don't like this, another audience will. And I can get a whole nother million, whole new million mm-hmm. of listeners because mm-hmm. I got you guys on here. That's right. Because I'm celebrating the positive that you're doing as opposed to just really like kicking your back in and coming with all this acid about what you guys are doing. So, you know, it really does. I mean, your points are very, very well taken and it really does matter how you begin what it is that you're seeking to offer. 
you know, out to the community. And I'm thankful that, you know, there are so many of us, you know, um, that are doing very, very positive things in terms of, you know, our podcast and all of that. I was watching The Breakfast Club the other morning, um, listening to it rather, um, and watching it too, um, as I was driving into work. And, you know, they're switching out hosts, you know, and um, I noticed how, like, you know, it's just a certain level of class that has changed. You know, they're talking about, you know, it's like ass jokes. And I mean, they've been doing that, but it's more like it's just it's just seems. Um, it just seems more ratchet and horrible, you know. Um, it might have been depending on what episode you was watching. Yeah. There was this one young lady. I'm not going to say her name, but she is so terrible. Mm-hmm. But she actually came to Trenton like a few weeks ago. And oh. um, she was very... She's a horrible artist. Mm. Horrible. And the Breakfast Club did get a lot of flack. Like, why do you have this person on? Mm-hmm. Their energy is... And I was actually going to bring the Breakfast Club up as a good example of that. Yeah. The Breakfast Club, which I like to listen to, mm-hmm. depending on who you have. Mm-hmm. If you look at their numbers, they'll do solid numbers across the board. Yeah. But on Monday, let's say you have uh, the Leisure Boys on there. Yeah. You might, some people will watch it, right? Yeah. And other people go, it's not for me. Mm-hmm. Then you'll have Ratchet on there. Yeah. I'm not watching that. Yeah. But they've built their brand up so that, hey, Monday mm-hmm. through Friday, mm-hmm. I'm going to see what you got going on. Mm-hmm. Whether I tune in, that's two different things. So at the same time, you might have been listening to or watching the episode that the rest of us was just like, no, nah, we're not going to watch that. Right, right. Next week, you might have somebody on that we want to watch. Mm-hmm. But they built their brand big enough for them to do that. So mm-hmm. might have been the one Might have been the one I skipped to. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, what is happening? Where is Angela? My goodness. Y'all need some female energy in the room. Knock mm-hmm. it off. Uh, so, yeah. So, but I, I wish them nothing but success as well, you know. Um But, you know, this media thing out here is very, very strong and it is influencing. People could say, oh, this just music or it's just TV or it's just a movie. But that's not how your mind, body and energy works. You know, your consciousness is like a sponge. Your subconscious is like a sponge and it absorbs intel from the environment and then creates a template of that intel into your consciousness. And then your behavior manifests in 3D what has been fed to your conscious capacity. Right. That's why the same principles of if you want to be successful, rich, whatever, you read yourself affirmations, you sound surround yourself with successful people, you watch successful, you know, documentaries and biographies of people because you're seeding your subconscious is pulling that in, seeding the conscious, your thought process, your thought process then goes and makes manifest in your behavior, what that template was is no different for ratchetness and negativity. It's the same process. The body don't have two different, oh, that's negative, so we got to switch on this. It does the same thing. So it's very, very, very important how you start um, and offering a process, you know, uh, what it is you want to bring forth and share with the community. It's important, you know, and these things matter. The music matters, you know. That's why black women are the most disrespected. American black women are the most disrespected woman in the entire planet of Earth. Um, Malcolm X said that, you know, 60 years ago. 
He said the most disrespected woman is the black American woman, is the African-American woman, you know, and is no different to this day. You know, our children calling us all kind of names in the records and all kind of stuff, you know, so it matters. And when you have people that are doing positive things, we need to really lift them up as opposed to try to find some dirt and talk about you can't wait till the scandal break and they don't really act like this and, you know, whatever, you know? So we want to keep it all positive and flowing for real. Yep. One of the other things that is in the news and why I think, um, you know, it was time for me to come back to the airwaves um, is this whole conversation around chat GPT. And the conversation around, you know, AI, artificial intelligence, um, you know, permeating the earth, right? Uh, You know, it's a great quote that's being floated around social media. I, Robot, The Matrix. And what's the name of that movie that Will Smith was in? I Am Legend? Yeah, I Am Legend. I, Robot, The Matrix, and I Am Legend were not movies. They were announcements. And that's for real. You know, all of this stuff is really foretold. Um, You got artificial intelligence, you know, coming forth. um, And people are really, really, um, you know, creating these robotic capacities. Right. Uh, They say that uh, by 2030, which is seven years, you know, we're going to lose something like 30 million jobs to A.I., and then as AI becomes more proficient, the expectation is closer to quite a hundreds of millions of jobs that will be lost, right? So then humanity kind of goes into a bit of a what, wait, you know, mostly intellectual jobs, you know, like lawyers, um, you know, jobs where, as I say, intellectual jobs. Some areas won't ever be replaced by machines like caring, you know, like caring. But here's why I, what I wanted to add to the conversation about AI and these jet chat GPTs and all of these um, processes. There's nothing greater than your spirit. Nothing. The reason mankind created the virtual world is because mankind knows that they can't control this three-dimensional world the way they want to anymore because the spiritual awakening is in full flow. The energy on the planet has changed starting in 2011. So now there is the prevalence of spiritual teachings and spiritual, you know, um, awakening. And this is all the conversation around crystals and yoga and, you know, all of these so-called witchy sites and, you know, juju and everybody, you know, coming to, uh, not everybody, but a great many people now seeking how to improve and to um, have capacity and spiritual power. So virtual, the virtual world, you can be, do anything you want. 
You could be a 300 pound sitting on your couch, you know, marshmallow brain person. And in the virtual world, you could look like the rock or like my nephew flaw, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, tan. If you want to be tan, you know, you can have millions of dollars. You could be a millionaire, go zillionaire driving in the virtual world. You can be anything you want to be. And so in the virtual world, mankind can control that they are still the top, the pinnacle, the best. But in the three-dimensional world, that energy is changing. Right? So there's nothing greater and stronger than your spirit. But we haven't been taught how to use our spirit to grow um, and improve and connect to our spirit in a way that allows us to manipulate the environment for the good. And that's what time period we're in now. The divine feminine energy that's on the planet is not about emasculating men or subduing the masculine. It's about teaching all who would have the capacity to how to tap your spirit and use your spirit to navigate this dimension as opposed to the physical force that we use or in conjunction with the physical force. I'm going to let you in flaw in a minute. I just want to say the proof or the idea of this is the first Star Wars movie. I'm taking it back now. 1976, I think it was. We were sitting in the theater saying, what is this? And Obi-Wan Kenobi, y'all Star Wars people don't, you know, don't be all like, Mama Yoga, that's not the right name. Anyhow, you know what I'm saying. Obi-Wan, the teacher of Luke, was trying to teach him how to, uh, how to, manipulate and to use the force, right? The force, the spiritual energy. And Obi-Wan was such a master that he was able to use that spiritual energy to get himself inside the stormtrooper complex or whatever you want to call it. He'd come to a stormtrooper and they'd be like, hey, what you doing here? And he'd say, it's okay for me to be here. He'd do something with his hand. And the stormtrooper would be like, it's okay for you to be here. Pass through. This is real. This is a happening. This is not just something somebody thought of in their brain. These are capacities that we can tap into, right? I always say when I teach the children, Avatar the Airbender. They are moving fire and water and energy and earth. These are capacities. Requires a great deal of, you know, of study and of self-mastery. And ain't nobody saying that you want to go to the ocean and stand up and raise up a wave with your hand. Let's not get into the fantasy of it. But the kernel of truth of what those shows are showing is that humanity's spirit, the spirit that dwells within, connected to the universal life force, is what is our saving grace. 
So you got chat GPT, you got AI, you got all these artificial intelligence that in some capacity will not be, um, in, will not be able to influence, disrupt, or destroy the spiritual capacity if cultivated within humanity. So y'all rest easy on the chat GPT fears. It's a lot of stuff they're not going to be able to take over. Like, do you want a robot to be your nurse? (laughs) You know, you want a robot to, you know. We probably don't, but these kids, man, you never know what they want. These these, these kids are weird. Yeah. They're different. That's why I had to come back on here. <laughs> they grew up, you know, the, the phones is an appendage, you know, these screens, these little tablets. I see two year olds with their own phones, you know, and people don't realize what they're doing to their child's brain. You know, that exchange, you give your child a tablet and a phone and that's the child's companion. Mm -hmm. The exchange changes the chemistry in the brain, the hypothalamus, the pituitary, you know, all of those chemistries, those chemical um, conjunctions and um, reactions in the human brain all get shaped by the radiation and the screen, the pictures that are flowing um, on the screen. So people don't realize what they're doing. And it's an appendage now. You know, the phone, the tablets, whatever, they are a part of us. Elon Musk said it, said it best. He was on Joe Rogan. I know. I like Joe Rogan, though. I like his guests, you know. He's do some old stupid-ass white boy humor stuff sometimes. But I like to hear intelligent people, you know, speak about different things, you know. And Elon was on Joe Rogan, and he said it best. He said, you're already part cyborg. You don't even realize it. You know, you don't understand how the imagination works and how the receptivity of the conscious and the subconscious works. You're already part cyborg. Every time you go get your phone, it's already in your DNA. It's already there. You want to hear something spooky? Yeah. You probably felt this before, and the listeners, you probably felt this before. You can have your phone far away from you, and you can feel your pocket vibrate, and you're reaching your phone's not there. What kind of phone you got? What's an iPhone? Not literally feel it, but for some reason you still feel like it's ringing. You feel feel like it's ringing, but Mm -hmm. your phone's not even ringing. Mm -hmm. But you'll get that, like if your phone is in your pocket, you feel it vibrate, you check it. Yeah. You can put your phone somewhere else and feel something, feel your leg vibrate, and you think it's your phone, your phone's not even on you. Yeah. Yeah, that is, that's weird. And it's it's to his point, you cyborg you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, it, to his point. So we already part cyborg. And the thing we can't give up is the capacity to know our spirit and to increase our relationship with spirit so that the spirit, that intuition is not mechanical. Mm-hmm. You know, because that is what you're talking about, where you like you feel your phone, but it's not on you. That thing is calling to you. You know what I'm saying? It's a it's a being (laughs) an entity. As I say, I'm going to go get a a need to get a new phone and it's going to be an iPhone, you know. But, you know, and so so how do you mama yoga, you talking about getting to more connected with your spirit? How do you do it? The first line is meditation and yoga. 
right? The first line can, uh, includes cleaning up your diet, meditation, and yoga, turning off your devices periodic, periodically through the day, going without your device periodically. Put the damn thing down. Train yourself. It's hard because, like you say, you can even feel the thing if it ain't on you. But you got to at least try to get to the first line. And I'll say this. You're not missing anything. The reason why your phone is attached to you because you feel like you're missing something. You go on mm-hmm. Facebook. Oh, there's nothing happening. It's got to be something happened on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You scroll for a while. It's <laughs> nothing happened. It's got to be something on Twitter. Mm-hmm. No. It's got to be something on YouTube. No. Let me go back to Facebook. It's got to be something. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think a lot of us, even me, you feel like you're missing something. You're mm-hmm. going to miss an important. And it can be something important. Mm-hmm. I've missed phone calls and text messages. For some reason, your phone doesn't ring, but you got the ringer on. Mm-hmm. Or you got your watch on. It's mm-hmm. supposed to catch everything. You miss something. You might miss a text message. That's important. Mm-hmm. So you you get you get com- you get comfortable with that saying, well, I'm, I might miss something. So let me keep checking the phone. And literally, you, you're mm-hmm. on there. Hours, not me. I, I definitely have like a self check. Like you know what? What am I doing? Mm-hmm. Put this thing down. Right. Um. But it's that fear of missing something. That's right. Missing that's right. out on something. Yeah, and that's a whole you know psychological uh, thing now. The FOMA, miss fear of missing out. Yeah, fear of fear of missing out. Whatever it's called, right? That thing. It's a whole psychological thing because the young folks was jumping off of bridges and shit. Because of the FOMA, you know, social media um, influence, you know, into that's what I'm talking about. The young brain, the human brain is not fully formed until about 28 years old. So if you drinking, smoking, social media, sexing with whoever, having all these, you know, experiences, all of that's going into your DNA and affecting, you know, the maturity of your brain and what you think your life should be about. You know, so, you know, the first line of really getting to that avatar status is cleaning up your diet. Why clean up your diet? Because this physical body is also electromagnetic, right? And the electromagnetic energy uh, increases off of plant matter. And the least cooked, the better the living plant matter, right? So if you're eating, you know, flesh, that is already dead. There's nothing. It's just really a placeholder. Your body is doing the best it can by extracting what it can in terms of minerals and vitamins and, you know, protein and all of that. But unless you killed it directly yourself, drained it and butchered it, you don't know how old that flesh is. And dead flesh creates dead flesh. Death creates death. Life creates life. So the electrical energy that is in your body that helps you move into a closer, more stronger connection to your spiritual magic and your spiritual power is aided by electrical intakes such as plants, fruits, and vegetables. Part of why the devices that we use are, you know, really um, 
detrimental is because the electric the electrical energy in those devices they um, short circuit our own capacity to be electrically connected to universal energy. I hope I'm making sense here, mm-hmm. right? It's like you're holding on to something that needs a lot of power. So while it's in your hand, it's drawing the electricity out of your in out of your body, right? That thing is drawing your electricity. And then that short circuits your hypothalamus, pituitary, and all of those glands, the, the third eye energy that helps you connect to the higher sources. So that's why we say first line is put the device up several times a day. Just put it up. We know it's a part of our lives. We know we're using it. We know we're going to be checking social media. We're going to be checking this, seeing if somebody called us, whatever, whatever, whatever. But you have to be intentionally put that bad boy up and then commune with your own energy. Try to eat as much plant and fruit and vegetables as you can. And the more raw, the better. And then really learn and lean into as a throughout the day, practice of meditation and do yoga for stretching and aligning the chakras and the energies. And that's, that's Avatar 101. That's Spiritual Connection 101. That is how you're not going to be succumbed to the whole chat GBT AI. Because you got God's intelligence. You don't need artificial intelligence. They need artificial intelligence because they can't control this this sphere anymore. That's why they created virtual reality and that's why they created artificial intelligence because they cannot control GI, God's intelligence, which is housed within particularly melanated people. Everybody have it, but especially when you have a very strong melanated um, ancestry in that pineal gland. You got God's intelligence. And the first line to tapping into that is cleaning up that diet, living foods, raw plants, fruits, and vegetables, meditation, yoga. Put away the the AI on your phone. Put the phone away, the screens, whatever, and lean into connecting to that source energy for real. Mm Mm-hmm. We back, Mm -hmm. (laughs) y'all. We back, y'all. So, Flaw, you want to say anything to close this out? No. um, Great episode. Um, Definitely touched on a lot of great things. And, yeah, I agree. But I will say this to close it out, though. Just listen to you saying about, you know, people who can't control certain things. Um, Like, for me, I'm in the gym. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I wish I was in the gym right now. Like, I'm a gym guy where every day I'm just like, I'm going to go to the gym because I want to improve. Mm-hmm. And it kind of makes you look at these people creating a world for themselves with a disdain. Right. Because obviously you you create these things because you're not happy with yourself personally. Mm-hmm. Who would want to go to a virtual reality if, you're, if your reality is lovely? Is lovely. Right. <laughs> I, I, know, I, I, I do not care what the virtual reality was made for. It has to be somebody who wants some type of power, mm-hmm. wants some type of control. The guy who I think was creating, who was helping develop the AI, one of the guys, he resigned. I don't know if you heard about him. Yeah. And he said, if he didn't do it, somebody would. Great mm-hmm. point. And he also was saying that 
the way it's looking in the next few years is going to get real spooky for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. When you were in there mm-hmm. at your own will, right? Designing this, right? And it's like you brought up Star Wars. Mm-hmm. We've all seen this before. So mm-hmm. if somebody comes to you with the AI type of project, what are you going to do? Think about the Star Wars. Think about I Am Legend. Think about everything you've ever seen and go, uh-oh, this is it. Mm-hmm. And then you have the free will to say yay or nay. Mm-hmm. Not worry about, oh, somebody else would have did it. Now this guy wants to quit because he's helped create a monster. Right. I just don't got no respect for none of those type of people out there, mm-hmm. especially when, for me, mm-hmm. like I said, when I wake up in the morning, I get up in the morning, I want to create my reality with my hands. Right. With my mind. Right. You know, with my spirit, with, with all of that. I'm mm-hmm. going to make the adjustments mm-hmm. that I need. That's my reality. Right. You can't be me or somebody who thinks and feels like me and get excited for a virtual reality. Right. Oh, tomorrow I can go sit on the couch with a six-pack with, with abs of steel and right. the, the, <laughs> the, the greatest health. Right. Right. Well, I'm the person that goes out there and works for it. Mm-hmm. Regardless of how long it takes. Right. I'm going to strive for it. I'll be 40 in June. That's right. And... I dedicated, you know, at least the last 30 days, the last month or so, I've kind of been, you know, adjusting. Mm -hmm. One thing that I wasn't going to do was cold turkey anything. Mm -hmm. That's how you lose. Right. But I've been adjusting. So Mm -hmm. come May 16th, Mm -hmm. that gives me 30 days. Right. Of by the time I turn 40, Mm -hmm. I want to be in the best shape of my life. Right. That's the goal. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to do it with the hands. With going to the gym with with my with my entire body, not no virtual reality, not no AI, not no Photoshop pictures. <laughs> I mean, it started a long time ago. Surgery, or I'm like, yeah. well, look, I'm yeah. gonna go get this. I'm gonna get that. I'm gonna get that. I, I can't lose weight. I'm gonna go get the surgeries. Mm-hmm. I've never been none of those type of people. Man, mm-hmm. So, well, mm-hmm. we give thanks. We give thanks, and we cheering you on to your fortieth. Oh Lord, have mercy. Flo, you about to be 40. My 40. goodness. <laughs> My goodness. Oh, man. Uh, not to keep it going, but I bumped into a guy in the gym, and I had no idea how old this guy was, but he looks great. And he mm-hmm. was just telling me he's 69. Mm-hmm. I said, you got to be the greatest, you got to be the best 69-looking man I've ever seen. Yeah. You know, he, takes, he takes care of himself. Yeah. Doesn't eat any meat. Mm-hmm. Um, he's telling me about this store on Route 33 mm-hmm. behind ShotRite where they sell, they have all types of uh, herbs and. Oh, you talking about Black Forest Acres? Yeah. Sounds like Greg. Yeah, that's it. I've been going to them for 40 years. I need to go check them out. Yeah. He yeah. said that's where he goes. And he's he's in the gym just mm-hmm. doing everything that I do. And right. he's 69. He might be 70. Yeah. You would think. And I brought that up because um, me about to turn 40. Mm-hmm. You could think that this is how 40-year-olds look. It's not. No, it is not. It is not. I got around. I don't know what I was watching or mm-hmm. what I was doing, mm-hmm. but I actually got to see some people who can't stand up right. Right. Who can't do certain things when they turn mm-hmm. 40. People mm-hmm. say, man, you look great for your age. And I, I, let it go, I let it go over my head because I don't know nothing different. Right. Right. So but when I do get to see people who are 40 and they don't look like me, it's kind of like, Phew. Yeah. This isn't guaranteed. Yeah. I mean, everybody, um, you know, people, people are just in really bad shape. Mm -hmm. They are in bad shape physically, mentally, energetically, and it's environmental. I was having this conversation with one of my clients um, in during this past week. If everybody or the majority of people have uh, illness, diabetes, obesity, heart disease, you know, 
it's environmental. It's not genetic because we don't all have the same genetics. Yeah. It's not your ancestry. It's your kitchen. It's your air. It's your consumption, what you're watching on TV. All of that speaks to the cells of your body and your mind and your energy, all of it. And it informs, again, going back to that subconscious, conscious template that gets, you know, infused with what you are consuming, your environment and all of that. Not to mention the food is crap. You know, it ain't a week go by where they're talking about how they invented some stuff. And now they're supposed to be injecting or putting um, the uh, the vaccines or the um, RNA um, vaccines into food, especially meat. They're starting with ground meat. Mm. So it's like, you know, that and that's the change It's what people are eating. You know, the majority of people, when you're overweight, you're obese is not the fact that you um, don't eat as much or whatever, but it's actually a state of malnutrition. So what is happening is your body is walling off that food, those calories into fat cells. The fat cells are actually, um, um, you know, hormonally based storage capacities. That's what fat is. In times, and I know we was going to say we was closing out, but we just, a flaw opened up something, you know. In times of, of uh, ancient, in ancient times, our bodies were designed to store resource. And that's what fat is. There were times when there was no food or you couldn't find berries or whatever. And so when you did find some, you would eat the whole bush or you eat all of the herbs or you get the woolly mammoth or whatever and keep it, you know, for as long as you could eat it. And then there were times where there was nothing to eat. So your body, this great, magnificent being uh, that we've been created, would then pull from the stored fat on the body. A woman's big buttocks is actually a water reservoir. It's actually storage for crossing the desert. <laughs> it's actually storage for nourishment and to keep you alive. That is what fat on the body is for. So if you are in the 21st century, Trenton, New Jersey, and you got 50 extra calories on 50 extra pounds of calories and storage on your body standing in the shopping right. Something is disconnected because you, there's no famine. Yeah. You have plenty of food shipped in from everywhere, but you got all this storage. So what you're eating is not being absorbed by the body. It's not being burnt. It's not being used. It's being stored. So, you know, we have to make, you know, these changes. Everybody, people don't look, people don't look good. They really don't. In their eyes, you can even see, you know, and it's environmental. It's the food. So yourself, taking care of yourself, I applaud you for that. You know, I'm here to, I'm here for all of it to celebrate that and assist as best I can. I was thinking about getting you over to CrossFit. Uh, that's a lot. You got to come to CrossFit. Honey, I Cross did CrossFit. CrossFit is a ago. beast. I, I, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. It's evil. I know. You know, but you still have to go. I think you still would have to go and lift some stuff, you know, to get certain definition. But the CrossFit is something else. It's awesome, though. 
Anyway, mm-hmm. I'm bouncing. I got to get my um, podcasting sound etiquette back because I'm hitting the tables and mm-hmm. chewing and drinking water and <laughs> all of this. Okay, so everybody, you can go to uh, Mama Yoga Wellness on Instagram. Instagram. Um, click the link in my bio. I have my chakra healing book. Uh, I'm just beginning a new class series called Bounce and Stretch, um, where we are on rebounders for part of the class, and then we'll do yoga and um, tapping uh, the other part of the class. And the rebounder helps to um, drain the lymph- lymphatic system in the body. It is excellent exercise is very gentle on the knees and the back and it helps the body to move out um, sluggish energy as well as toxins out of the body the rebounder or mini trampoline is amazing and so um, we are beginning bounce and stretch classes um, starting um, in a couple of weeks if you want to register for that you can uh, on my Instagram Um, you could just click link in the bio And um, my chakra healing book is available along with the chakra kits. And um, I thank you so much. It's awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, we're going to do it. First line of Avatar. Let's go.